0: Welcome to the 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Turns, and today's guest is Pastor Mike Lynch. Pastor Lynch played baseball at Liberty University for Coach Bobby Richardson, who he holds in high regard. Pastor Lynch is able to stay in baseball and impact the lives of young men by being an assistant baseball coach at Alatoona High School, where he works with his former Liberty University catcher, David Eel. In 1991, Pastor Lynch started North Star Church at 28 years old, the same year he married his wife Ann. He became the senior pastor in 2003. Pastor Lynch started an all-star church for people who had not previously attended church. Pastor Lynch is the host of the podcast, Lynch with a Leader. He holds a Bible study every Monday for college coaches and professional scouts. That is where me and Pastor Lynch first met. So Pastor Mike Lynch, thanks for joining us today.
1: Coach, it's an honor to be here, and I'm glad we are able to get connected on this.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I want to dive right into it. You know, when did you get saved and kind of what led you to Christ?
1: Yeah. So I got saved at the age of 14, grew up in church. I had a, a mom and dad who raised raised us in a home where we knew who Christ was, and he was their Lord and Savior. He just wasn't mine. And I had I had it all in my head. Had made the had made the transition from my head to my heart. And at fourteen, my pastor at the time lost his wife and baby in childbirth. And uh, man, it shook me to the core. And I remember it was Easter of 1983, sitting in church when I knew he is the Savior. He's just not my Savior. And I remember that night in 1983 in April. Uh, giving my heart to Christ and recognizing, you know, that that uh, I had a need and he was the only one that could meet that need. And that was it, man, and, and really sort of took off forward, uh, lived an incredibly moral life. I mean, I was a good kid. I just didn't know the Lord. So that was the, that was the transition point for me.
0: And I think that's the, the big thing right there, you know, is, is um, kind of we're growing up in there and we all have to have our own time and our own aha moment. That's you right. Know, that, that's the greatest thing about God is that he's actually patient. He's willing to be patient with you, you know, to, for you to kind of see the light. So we talked a little bit about how, you know, you're coaching at a local high school as an assistant coach, um, being a pastor as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I uh, was there working with the pitching staff, you know, how, how does the word of God kind of translate to your daily message with the players?
1: You know, I think that it gives me a purpose for being out there. And so I love the game of baseball, played the game of baseball at a at a at the division one level. And I, I could never figure out, okay, God, how are you going to use these years in athletics and what I learned from some great coaches? How do I ever get to use that? And, you know, he sort of brought it full circle. And being a pastor full time and and coaching for a hobby is the way I would call it. Um it just gives me a reason to be out there. I mean, these guys, I have, I will have a better conversation about life in the bullpen than I probably ever will with them sitting across my desk in the office. Cause they're going to talk about their girlfriends. They're going to talk about what are they going to do after high school? They're going to talk about the crappy time they're having with their mom and dad at home. And every day is a new, every day is a new door I get to walk in and we just let those conversations happen. And you know, if you're walking with the Lord, your conversations are going to turn towards the Lord. So it's a little different every day.
0: That's uh, gold right there. You know, we're walking in in the Lord, right? Our conversations will eventually kind of come full yeah. circle to that as well. And, you know, I, that's one of the main things I wanted to start the podcast about is just to give people the opportunity to say, hey, sports isn't what maybe everybody thinks it is. You know, it's not the end-all, be-all you know, and and in the new tribal ball world, right? It's like my kid's pro as a six six year old. I'm like, yeah, yeah. no, let's let's number one, let's let him be a kid, but number two, let's give him substance. Yeah, you we'll know, give him some substance that he can walk away from playing the game, a game he loves or she loves, and then saying, okay, I want to be you know the leader that I need to be for my family.
1: That's right. Well, and it's a that's a great reminder. That we get to say all the time. And I know we've said it in our Bible study that we're in, it's what you do. Baseball is what you do, but it's not who you are. And there'll be a day you hang the game up. Football players are gonna hang the game up. And if it's who you are, you're in trouble when that game gets hung up. And so it's that reminder whether you had a great day or a bad day, it's not who you are. And so it's a great, those are great teaching times. And sports, sports is the greatest lab to live out the Christian journey that exists.
0: Oh, you get hit with everything. You go from the highs to the lows, you know, yeah. and I, and I feel a lot of coaches I've talked to, we always have that joke about like our happiness is based off of what a 14 to 18 year old kid does. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But the silly part of it now as a saved man is wait, what? Why am I putting stock in that yep. to say this is oh, I'm gonna be happy Monday morning because we won Saturday, like. I have a Lord and savior who is, is taking all my flaws, you know, and continue to give me grace. We talk about grace a lot, you yep. know, in our Bible study. And, and so again, thanks for being on for this. Yeah, and This is what the podcast is about to get it out there and say, hey, it is awesome. a bigger thing in life guys. That's right. That's right. So we talked um, a little bit about you had coached your son. Yeah. You know? So kind of, Dive into that a little bit because I coach my son. I work with my daughter. I've coached my daughters before. My wife coaches my daughter. I've coached my brother, and people get into coaching, especially at the the younger level, because of their child. You know, and and we always we don't want to admit this, but we are happy or sad based off what our child's doing at the time.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, And so,
0: like, dive into that a little bit about, like, kind of your journey a little bit with that and and some advice you would give to us fathers.
1: So I I would say this. My wife and I have been married 29 years now, and the ten biggest arguments her and I have ever had, eight of the ten revolved around something I either said to my son Mm -hmm. or said to an umpire in the dugout or at the ball field. So it is hard. And coaching other kids is easier because you don't go home with them. And your expectations aren't tied to them. So if your son has a bad game, does it reflect on me that I wasn't a good coach, or did I put him in? Did I put him in a position to fail, or did I keep him from a position of failing? Because you got to fail. So you know, as I look back, and my son's 26 now. As I look back in that rearview mirror, I would say those were incredible years, overall, with some bad moments mixed in. Right, uh, the drives home from games probably the area of our life that to this day is our deepest uh, relational point. We met each other deepest on the ride home from games, just because you talk about everything when you're riding home. In the moment, in the heat of the game, I probably didn't always handle things great. And I was one of those that was, you know, you, you have the whole dad thing of, they think their son's the greatest in the world. And I probably went the other way, where I was a little too realistic going, well, you know, my son isn't this. And somebody asked my son one day where he learned failure the first time. He said, your dad being your coach and batting in the nine hole. That's where you learn failure. Because you, you, you go, I don't think he's where the other kids are. And it's hard. So for all the dads out there, my challenge would be, to it keep coaching them because i think you need to right but just don't let it keep you from enjoying them as well so one of the things i did in the last few years that i coached him i had one of the other coaches i coached with he dealt with my son casey he dealt with him i dealt with his son and that kept that kept them being coached without it being dad being angry you know it was coach risley he handled him and i handled coach risley's son and it worked better that way because it it is a fine line to walk because you're either playing the daddy card one way or playing the daddy card the other way, and it's really hard to remain in the middle like you do with everybody else's kid.
0: And that's what I feel, you know, coaching my son. Looking back on it as you're talking, is the times that maybe we lose a game by two points, you know, yeah. in basketball, and I'm like, hey, man, uh, you missed three free throws today, and yeah. and but yet. As a team, we might have missed 12. That's you know, right. But, that's but exactly like, right. No, you missed three. And it's like, then you're looking back on it going, oh, that's terrible, like, to tell to tell your child that, you know, and, and to not understand that there is a bigger pitcher and, and he's going to fail. Let him fail. Let him fail. And I think I'm on your end of the spectrum with trying to let him fail too much, right, and yeah. kind of being that way with him rather than go – Oh, man, you know, like, hey, everybody fails. No big deal. Hey, you failed today. Let's go to the cage more. Let's do, yeah. you know, it's yeah. kind of, so I'm so glad that you touched on that, you know, and you kind of even brought up anger a little bit, and, <laughs> and I received an email from you today. Um, so Lynch with a leader coming up, which is your podcast. You're talking about how a leader handles their anger. Yeah. You know? So as coaches, we get so caught up in that game, you know, it's kind of like the the racing horse, we have the blinders on and we don't see nothing else but yet whatever's on the forefront of our mind at the time. So what's some advice you would give to us coaches?
1: You know, I, I would say this, coach, I anger, I, I really don't deal with anger at home. I don't deal with anger at my job, the church I pastor. The times I deal with anger the most for me now as a 51-year-old guy is when I put a hat on in the afternoons at a baseball field when a call doesn't go my way. I mean that's that is the time that I in in there's probably a few reasons for that. One of those reasons is is that I put too much stock in what I do and I worry about it too much. Um, so I haven't always handled anger well, and I would say in my in my journey that's been one of those trip up things where probably there's times I could lose my testimony a little bit. Never using language, it's not a language issue for me. It's a getting upset, you know, in the moment. I remember hollering out. I think I told this story one time. I hollered out at the home plate. I'm the pitching guy, so I was calling pitches and thought I, thought we got squeezed and, you know, hollered out. Come on, let's go. That's brutal. And then between innings, I'm carrying the balls out, you know, the foul balls that had gone out. I'm carrying them up to the blue to to warm him up a little bit. And, it's, man, you know, where are we missing? Well, I, I don't understand where we're missing. And he goes, just before you say anything else, I go to your church. And I'm like, oh dear God. Right. (laughs) And you know, we all deal with that. And so it's a real thing. But I would say this anger always gets the best of us when we lose focus. And I think for me, reminding myself before that game ever begins, it's a game. It's not the end of the world. It's not, it's not life or death. Don't let the moment Not not that there aren't times we get upset, because I think that's a rightful thing. But in getting upset, I don't ever want to lose my testimony. I remember I was in college. We were playing at Rollins College in a tournament, uh, spring break tournament. We We had set up. They had a runner on third. It was the eighth inning. They had a runner on third. We were up by one. And the guy was getting a massive lead. There were two outs. He was getting a huge running lead. I was in the windup. Huge running lead. So I I mentioned the blue. I got the rising bag, and I mentioned the blue behind the, the mound. I said, I am going to step off with my right foot, and I'm going to pick him off. I'm going to step off with my right foot. I'm going to move my hands, and I'm going to third base, and I'm going to get this guy. And so are you good with that? And the blue said, yes. I did it, and he called a balk. Balked in the run. Well, I lost it. I was a junior probably. I lost it. And I remember my head coach coming to get me and taking me off the mound and brought a guy in and he goes, Mike, don't ever lose your testimony over a baseball game. That night in the hotel, our coach, Bobby Richardson, led that umpire to Christ that night. And he said, Mike, that's why you don't ever lose your testimony. You know? And, And so my question was now that he's saved, does he realize what a bad call that was? I did not balk and I did everything right. But but we all do that, right? We lose our we lose it in the moment and we always regret it. So I think if we can look at it bigger and go, before this game starts, it's just a game. And this game is not bigger than my story. And I think if we'll do that, it will help turn down the volume of our anger a little bit and help us be because telling you man those those fires get burning with our anger and not much good comes from it typically
0: right it resonated so much when you say like we regret it and I Mm. think from the outside perspective you know whether it's parents fans you know administration whatever it is they don't fully sometimes understand that we go home and totally beat ourselves up about losing our cool that day, or you know, we just allowed something that we're passionate about to take control. Yep. When in reality, you know, the thing that I'm kind of trying to um, adapt here is having a Christ-centered athletic program. Yep. You know, um, if you keep in Christ at the central, not Christ number one, family number two. You know, yep. like you said it, you, you prayed, you, you whatever, and you moved on, trying to keep Christ at the central. You know, of it. And and you know, I just ask some of the parents sometimes like, pray for me.
1: Yeah, that's you know, right.
0: But don't don't not pray for me. Don't go, oh, that coach our coach lost us cool. Well, you know, pray for me. You know, and 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 kind of maybe show me compassion, you know, same way. We want to show our players compassion. We do want others to show us compassion and coaches won't admit that.
1: That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. You're exactly right. And I think if we'll remember that exactly what you said. I want to be Christ-centered. If I'll remember that before the game starts, I'll do a lot better when the game is going. If I forget that before the game starts, I'm going to struggle with it when the game's going. I'm going to get too caught up in a moment that really, in the grand scheme of it all, really doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And you and I well know that one call ain't going to make or break your game. It's going to be made, made or broken on a million other things. Right. And so if, if I will handle that better, I think I won't lose the mission of why God has me out there. So
0: a lot of times coaches will say, uh, don't do what I do, or, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be better than me. But looking back on it, you know, we have to walk the walk. You know, for, for our players, and kind of show them, you know, the way. So, as I'm saying that, how does maybe you walk with Christ enable you to help guide your players on their mental journey? Yeah, you know, of being frustrated.
1: You know, if if they see me and I can't handle it, they're never going to be able to handle it. And kids don't care what you say; they care what you do. And words are hollow to kids. And you know this because you do it full-time. Kids are the greatest spotters or phony of anybody. If they think you're phony and what you're saying's not real, that's, that's huge. That's why those times you do lose it, and at the end of the game, you look at them and go, guys, I was out of line. And I, I want you to know when I yelled at blah, that was out of line. And I've, I've asked for their forgiveness, and I've told them I'm sorry. That's huge. And it makes you real. It makes you vulnerable because the mental aspect to the game, if I can't handle my anger or I can't handle this frustration, how in the world am I going to talk to a player about handling adversity? How am I going to talk to them about handling resiliency? I mean, those are things, if they don't watch me bounce back, how are they ever going to bounce back? So you better, you better, as a coach, if you're going to, if you're going to say it, you better live it. Because I would rather a coach who's not going to live it just never say anything about the Lord than a coach that talks about the Lord all the time but doesn't live anything like it. I would just rather them not say anything because I I think we hurt ourselves more than help ourselves when we don't follow it up with footsteps.
0: Yeah, which leads me to the big question kind of is trying to figure out is what should team prayer look like? Mm-hmm. Right? How should it look? I've just seen too many of, you know. Thank you for this day. We appreciate this beautiful sun today that we're practicing and we get to come play this great game. uh Help us to win, God, in your name. Amen. You know, and I'm like, I try to explain to my kids, the grandmother in the stands is praying her grandson wins.
1: That's right. As well.
0: so is it really honoring to God that that's what we're praying for? you know, at the end of the day. So kind of what's what's your advice or what does kind of team prayer look like to you?
1: You know, I think that, I think all of us have a passion to win. And I don't think, I think, I think God is honored when we have a passion to win. So I have no problem with that. Does God care who wins? Probably not. Um, Are both teams praying, you know, because everybody will say, man, you're the, you're a pastor of a big church. You work. So I guess that helps that team get closer to God. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> so I don't think it. I don't think it works that way. But I think our prayer is that we will honor God in all that we do, win or lose, good or bad. Father, at the end of the game, I know last Friday night I prayed with a group of athletes. I'm a high school football chaplain, and I and I pray now. I'm at a public school, and we pray God when our knees hit this field at the end of this game, may we honor you and. Everything that we do, the way our lips run, the way our effort is, the way what kind of teammate I am—that to me is the prayer that that God's looking for. To say we're going to use this moment to honor you, whether it's the baseball field, football field, basketball court, um, we're going to honor you, and we're we're going to let our light shine here so that they will see our good deeds and honor our Father that's in heaven. So. Does, if a team prays for a win, is that bad? No. But what's the ultimate prayer? The ultimate prayer is is that we honor God with all that we do, and if we do that, shoot, we're using we're using our space and place for Him. Then. So in
0: the game of sports, you'll hear some people saying, "Oh, you take sports too serious, right?" Or, "Or this is too serious," or "That's too serious." Whatever job occupation you have, right? But. I kind of truly believe that God uses all of us as his vessel. That's right. right. So, so how do you feel like God would use sports in, in people's lives?
1: Well, I think he uses it in huge ways. One is teamwork. I think, I think learning to do life with other people is a big thing. We weren't created to live alone. The greatest The greatest lab for that is sports. When you depend on your teammates and you learn to cheer for the guy who took your spot, And you learn to pull for people that aren't your favorite people in the world, but they're teammates. They wear the same jersey as you. So I think there's a lot of lessons learned in that. And I think that God uses sports to teach us lessons. Man, He teaches us about failure. He teaches us about how to handle winning and not letting, not being prideful. He teaches us, you know, how to live a life not about us. He teaches us that life sometimes gonna throw you curveballs, you're gonna get things you didn't see coming but you've got to make the adjustments. We didn't we didn't know this adversity was going to hit. I didn't know that that was coming. Well, we learned that from the game of baseball. We learned to finish, right? I mean that part of what I love about athletics is that pushes kids to their limits. They find out what they can do. So to me, athletics is just a lab for living out the life cuz we all hang it up. But, man, I still face adversity, and I still have people that I work around I may not like but have to get along with. But I learned all that in sports. I learned how to be coached. I learned how to take somebody coming alongside me and going, man, you could do better. You could do better. There's more in you. Let that out. And I didn't like it at the time. But guess what I did? I reached down and found that other piece inside me, that other switch inside me that I could flip. To get to get ahead, so to me, faith in sports, shoot—that's why I'm so involved in it because it there's so many lessons always to be learned in it. So
0: we talk about um, disappointment, right? And so, as coaches, you know, we maybe didn't win a game, or maybe we felt the players didn't give the best effort, or maybe we just didn't prepare them right for competition on the field. So kind of what advice or, or what do you do to show disappointment sometimes in your team's effort, but also trying to stay true to your godly manner and your Christ walk?
1: Yeah. I think it's okay to tell kids you're disappointed. And I think it's okay to say, I think there's more in you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in your effort. Especially, and I think the people we get most disappointed in are the ones we see that there's more in and they're just not giving it to us. I'm not disappointed in the kid who gave me everything he had and he's just not good. I'm not disappointed in him because that's what he is, but he's probably going to go own the company that all these other guys are going to work for one day. So that's okay. You get disappointed in the one that you see, you see it in them. They just don't see it in themselves yet. And I think as coaches, you know, scripture says life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I think before those words come out of our mouth, we need to say, okay, God, I want to honor you with these words, and I don't want that player to think I'm disappointed in them because they think everybody's disappointed in them. I'm disappointed in your effort because I see how much more is in you. When we're able to share that, that's where transformation happens. So, yeah, I think it's okay to say you're disappointed. I sure as heck knew when I played it was okay when the coach looked at us and said, guys, y'all aren't working hard. I'm glad he did. He's right nine out of ten times. He was right. You know, we went on a losing streak in college, and I remember my the, one of the coaches said, "There's a there." We were at a Christian college. He's like, "There must be sin in the camp." And one of the guys said, "Oh, there must be a lot of sin because we're really losing, right?" So, but but there were some there were some internal things going on on that team that needed to be addressed. And we had to get them out on the table, and some guys needed to say stuff. So, yeah, I think it's good for a coach to say that. As long as they know you're not disappointed in them as people, you're disappointed in their effort. I hate the sin that you're doing, but I love you. That's the way Jesus handled everything. Well, I think in coaching, we're able to do the same thing.
0: Excellent point. Excellent point.
1: I want to honor you
0: with our words, right? I think that's right. That was, that was great when you just said that you know that's another piece of nugget that i'm gonna hold on to as well you know and because i think we get lost in our words yeah that's right and not just our players on a daily basis you know something bothers us or something and our words come out and then later we like i really didn't mean that Uh, you know so keeping christ central in our life you know within our walk um i think is a big big thing um coach you know, I think this was excellent. You know, I think a lot of great little nuggets inside of what we just discussed today. Um, definitely want to touch on, um, you know, you do a coach's Bible study uh, for professional scouts and college coaches, which I will tell you is the hardest job or one of the hardest jobs to go to church daily on. Mm hmm you know, or, or every Sunday to be there because you're playing a weekend series Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or you're on the road scouting a kid or, you know, so how did that all kind of come about and and how yeah. get linked up with you?
1: Yeah. And I appreciate you asking about that coach. It's, um, you know, I, I have a lot of friends because, you know, there, there's a phrase we use all the time. God never waste your time. He never waste our experiences. So that time I spent in collegiate baseball, and that passion that I had for coaches, because so many of my friends went into coaching. I go in ministry. They go in the ministry of coaching. And I watched what they were going through. And then I would meet with scout buddies, because we're near a big facility called Lake Point, uh, East Cobb Baseball Lake Point's right beside where I live. And so all these guys are coming in. They're always there on weekends. And I, and I asked them, I said, how do you get plugged into church? And they're like, man, it's Mike, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. So we came up with this idea. Look, you know, we can't all meet together because we're all in different places, but let's use Zoom. This is probably three or four years ago. Let's use Zoom to connect us. So we began a Bible study. It was a a couple of those guys, uh, a guy with the White Sox, a guy with the Brewers, a guy with the uh, Mets at the time, and a college coach up in Tennessee. We said, all right. And so we just sort of put the word out. We ran you know, eight to fourteen folks there for a while and we would do a little lesson together Monday mornings, 9 a.m. And then COVID happened. And one of the guys put it out and said, Look, so man, we, none of us have excuses now. We're now we're while we're not involved. Nobody's traveling. Nobody, let's let's all get on. And we went from 14 to 40, and then went from 40 to 50, 50 to 60, 60 to 80. So for last spring we ran 70 to 80 guys. We're down around 55, 60 now. But um, you know, it's it's just that picture of there's a I have two two parts in it. One, God's not gonna waste your time in baseball. He put you there for a reason bigger than you. Number two, you're not alone. You've got other guys out there. You're coaching Louisiana, and there's another coach in Georgia, and another coach in California. They're all trying to be just like you. And we're all trying to live for Jesus and we're, we're just figuring it out. So it's twofold. I want to point people to the Lord and I want you to be encouraged. You're not alone. And so God's done, you know, God's doing some great things within that baseball community. And it's just fun to sit back and watch.
0: Oh, it's definitely. It's coach Fred Corral kind of, he was talking at Pitchapalooza and right at the end of it, he said, Hey, You know, if any of y'all are interested in some Monday morning Bible study devotions with some professional uh, scouts, college coaches, here's the email. Email me, and I'll get you linked up. And I'll tell you this. It was but a blurb at Pitchapalooza, and if I wasn't saved at the time, I would have never heard it. Yeah. you know, But I heard the invite, and it tugged on my heart. And I called my wife, and she was like, how's it going? I go – I don't know. I just got invited to a Bible study that I cannot miss out on. Hmm. You know, and so I sent the email to him and then I linked up with you guys from there. And everybody over here at school knows. Hey, leave Coach Turnage alone, <laughs> right? <laughs> Between 8 a.m. Central Time to 9 a.m. and he's diving into the word. And I I don't know if y'all was intentional on Monday morning, Coach, but it's we we go to church Sunday. You know, we, we, we get fed. We, we live in that whole day Sunday just on cloud nine. We're loving life. And then Monday morning hits, and it's like, I need my coffee. You know, I need my breakfast. Yep. I need to drive to school. Somebody cut me off. I got to go to morning duty. I got first hour. You know, and it's yep. like everything that – we just was at church saying, I'm going to change God and this is what I'm going to do. And then Monday morning hits, you know. That's and right. I don't know if that was intentional on Monday, Coach, but that really sets the tone for my week coming I to love me, it. guys.
1: I love it. Well, it's an honor to have you on there. And man, it's, and my favorite part about it is out of all that group, I may have personally met six to 10 of them, mm. but I felt like I know you because I'm on with you every Monday morning. So it's been a great experience getting to know so many great guys out there.
0: So you, last time we were on, you had mentioned that your church is, is really willing to help out coaches with team devotionals, right? So yeah. if yeah. we don't maybe know how to get it started for our team or how to continue it, you know, you guys are willing to help in that regard. So kind of how are we get in touch with you to have that happen?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the easiest way to find me, social media is probably the easiest way, uh, on Twitter at at Mike Lynch, L-I-N-C-H, on Instagram, same thing, at Mike Lynch or Mike Lynch, L-I-N-C-H, on Facebook. Uh, or you can go to our church website, northstarchurch.org, and go to the, the uh, tab there for the staff, and it will email me directly. And, um, man, any way that we can point you towards somebody, get you to the resources. There's so many great resources out there. If God has led you to make that choice to want to use your influence for him, we'll get you the re- we'll, we'll point you to the right resources through AIA and FCA and so many other great organizations that have curriculum out there that can get you up and going. And also just tell you some things we've done with athletes that might be a help to you.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Um, so kind of lastly, you have a podcast, Lynch with a Leader. Um, I was able to catch quite a few episodes when I cut grass. You know, and that, that's, the, that's the whole thing to me why I even dove into, it, like, podcasts. And that was on yep. my mind was when I cut the grass, I'm listening to audible books. I'm yep. listening to podcasts. I am just trying to grow. You know, or we could sit there and listen to music, you know, for an hour and a half and not really grow from it you know, just kind of bob our head up and down or we can grow. So, you know, when did you start Lynch with a leader? You know, how many episodes you got out and, and what's it look like and kind of a little synopsis of kind of what people can get when they tune
1: in. Absolutely. So we started the, the podcast in uh, September of 2017 and the passion was to help people realize that wherever they've been put in life, God can use them in that space. So it doesn't matter if they're in broadcasting, if they're a speaker, if they're a business person, if they are a NFL agent, if they are working for the NFL, like a little girl I just interviewed, man, God can use you in the space and place he put you. And so um, the our little phrase is, we want to introduce you to America's greatest leaders and find out how they lead with faith out in front. And so, you know, we just began this journey. I didn't know really where it would go. Uh, it's a side hustle for me as a little side hobby for me. So we're 93, I believe I just re- released my 93rd episode, 93 episodes in, and it's been a blast and you know, and it's the same kind of thing. It's, it's putting resources out there for people to use like you while you're on the mower. Cause that's what I do when I go work on the ball field or I'm in my yard, I put my headphones on, I listen to podcasts cause it's like going to a conference. And I get to low, grow and learn and, and be challenged. So that was the passion behind it. We we wanted to raise the temperature of leaders. So if, if Coach Turnage at his high school can go, man, I am going to live and lead for Jesus while I'm here. I've just turned up the spiritual atmosphere for your team and for your community. Because if you can reach a leader, you can change a leader, you can change your community. And so that was the passion behind it.
0: I'll tell you this. I challenge all my coaching friends, you know, to get on that Bible study, you know, reach out to you guys about team devotionals and definitely listen to your podcast. Um, I 100% appreciate your time and, you know, to to give to us. And, uh, I think it's going to be phenomenal when, when guys, when y'all hear this, I hope you have an ink pen and a paper and this one is going to be a nice quick one. I think, that coaches can listen to on the way to games, mm. right, and not be strung out for an hour and a half trying to listen to something. We're going to get you some good, quick nuggets. Putting God at the forefront, you know, of your mind. So again, I, I appreciate truly, that. Truly appreciate you being on with, with us today.
1: Thank you, Coach.
0: I would highly suggest you subscribe to Lynch with a Leader. Visit the website, NorthStarChurch.org for live church services, and to explore all that North Star has to offer. Once again, we appreciate everything that Pastor Lynch brings to the baseball community and for all of the lives he has changed throughout the years. Until next time, I'm your host, Buddy Turnage. Please keep Christ central in your life by seeking him daily and by turning your wounds into wisdom, your fears into focus, and achieve what you desire.